0: Hello, bookworms, and welcome to Oh, for the Love of Books. This show gives you information from the books I've read or ones you suggest for me to read. I'm your host, Jessica Vickery, and thank you for joining me. In this episode, we're going to go through the next three books in the Black Dagger Brotherhood. Book seven, Lover Avenged. Caldwell, New York, has long been the battlefield for the vampires and their enemies. It's also where Revenge has staked out his turf as a drug lord and owner of a notorious nightclub that caters to the rich and heavily armed. His dangerous reputation is exactly why he's approached to kill the leader of the Black Dagger Brotherhood, Wrath, the Blind King. Revenge is used to living in the shadows and keeping his distance from the Brotherhood. As a sympath, his identity is a deadly secret, the revelation of which will result in his banishment. But as revenge is pulled into plots both within and outside of the Black Dagger Brotherhood, he turns to the only source of light in his darkening world. Helena is a vampire untouched by the corruption that has its hold on him, and the only thing standing between revenge and external destruction. Revenge was conceived when the Sympath king kidnapped and raped his mother, Madalena. She kept her Sympath side a secret from everyone, including his sister, Bella. During his transition, his maternal uncle brought him a prostitute, which was when he learned he had the barb of a Sympath male, a piece of anatomy that locks a couple together during sex. Revenge stepfather Rampoon was abusive to Madeline and Bella. One night when Rev was old enough and strong enough, Rampoon put Madeline in Haver's clinic for the last time. While she was there with Bella over day, Rev arranged for the Dodgin to be out of the house and provoked Rampoon into a fight. Revenge inflicted upon him every injury that Madalena had suffered and disturbed the study to make it appear as if there had been a home invasion. Before Rev had finished with him, he heard the doorbell and assumed it was the Dodge and giving him fair warning before returning. So he took off knowing that Rampoon would soon die. Shortly after Rampoon's death, he began using dopamine to control his sympath urges, which worsened when his sister Bella was kidnapped by the Lessening Society. When Zadis came to ask permission to make Bella, in a a who's-a-bigger ploy, Revenge asked if it was because she was pregnant with his young. When the Sympath princess learned that Hex and Revenge were part Sympath, Rev took on the obligation of fulfilling her blackmail demands. For 25 years, he met her every first Tuesday of the month, at a cabin in the Adirondacks where he delivered $250,000 worth of rubies and bed her. To pay off the princess and keep himself and his family in Glymera living standards, he founded Zero Sum and the Iron Mask with his drug, gambling, and prostitution ventures based in them. When Rev met Helena, the princess became jealous and threatened to tell his secret to the Glymera if he didn't move to the Sympath colony. To protect his loved ones from the fallout of that, he faked his death by blowing up Zero Sum and turned himself over to the princess. The Sympath king took Rev prisoner, intending to torture him until the princess eventually died at Lasha's hands and punishment for attempting to stage a coup. While the princess escaped to murder the Sympath king, the Brotherhood, Helena, and Hex came to Rev's rescue. Revenge killed his half-sister, who killed the king, and the royal extended family chose Rev as their new king. Now that he has strong relationships, his shellin and the brotherhood in addition to his trio of longtime friends, to establish him it's much easier to manage his instincts. But he still continues to use dopamine to allow him more energy to focus on other things rather than constantly monitoring himself. He's left the sex and drugs business to organize underground fights between humans because he feels that he can never have enough money. Helena is a vampire and a nurse who works with Jane and Manny in the Brotherhood's clinic. Many years ago, Montrag and his father, rammed double-crossed Lynn, Elena's father, financially ruining him. As their fortune declined, her and turned to laudanum to cope. Helena had had a promising engagement to a male of the Glymera, but after they chose to become intimate, the male betrayed her by spreading lies that she had seduced him and was nothing more than a harlot. She would never again have a chance at a successful mating. It was one shameful betrayal too many for her mother, and she committed suicide. Her father's schizophrenia meant she had to support them both, including the cost for his care. Essentially, she put her life on hold in order to work and take care of her father. She went into nursing because she wants to be a doctor and believes that everyone deserves to be saved. When revenge came into the clinic for more dopamine, Helena recognized his severely infected injection sites as a slow suicide attempt. She was fired from Havers' clinic for stealing penicillin for him when he wouldn't talk to Havers about it. After badgering Rev into taking care of himself, they slowly opened up to each other and found a kindred soul in each other. As they fell in love, the secret of his sympath side came out and she felt betrayed by the lies. But worse than that, she thought of every drug addict she'd ever treated when she learned of his drug dealing and couldn't forgive the fact that he was hurting others. When he faked his death, she could still sense him since they'd fed from each other. She delved into his records and those of his family and she saw the pattern of abuse. She took her evidence and suspicions to Hex, who told her Rev's history and how he sacrificed himself to save his family and the Brotherhood from the repercussions. Together they went to Wrath and told him the whole story. He sent the Brotherhood with them into the Sympath colony to retrieve him. Now she works at Doc Jane's clinic at the Brotherhood compound, where she lives with revenge. Book Eight, Lover Mine John Matthew has come a long way since he was found living among humans. His vampire nature unknown to himself and those around him. After he was taken in by the Brotherhood, no one could guess what his true history was, or his true identity. Indeed, the fallen Brotherhood Darius has returned, but with a different face and a very different destiny. As a vicious personal vendetta takes John into the heart of the war, he will need to call up on both who he is now and who he once was in order to face off against evil incarnate and rescue his one true love. John was found in a bathroom stall where he was born and discovered by the janitor who then brought him to Our Lady. He eventually gets a job as a busboy, lives alone in a dingy apartment complex where he was raped by a man in the halls with no one to help. At the time, Mary had been working at a suicide hotline across the street from his apartment. He often called her because he needed someone to talk to. But being mute, he would listen to her for comfort. Since his apartment and the hotline office were in a bad neighborhood, he'd follow her home to make sure she made it there safely. One night after secretly escorting her home, he reveals himself to her in her backyard. Since he looks more boy than man, not yet, having gone through the change, Mary doesn't feel threatened, and they talk well into the night. Bella came over from the next door to visit Mary, and she noticed the bracelet that John wore, recognizing the old language. He told her that the design had come to him in his dreams. Using John's interest in martial arts, Bella offers to introduce him to some friends of hers who could train him. The brothers would put together his history, deducing that he's Darius's son, and offer to bring him into the vampire world. He moved in with Torment and Wesley, and quickly came to think of them as the parents he'd never had, and they think of him as their son. After Wesley's murder and Torment's disappearance, he was hurt and angry for a long time. While in the training program, he clashes with Lash, who immediately looked down on him for being mute, and met Quinn and Baylock, who become his best friends. In 1671, when Hex was still in utero, Darius and Torment found and rescued her mother from the Sympath, who had kidnapped and raped her. He then helped deliver Hex into the world, but her mother took her life right there and then. With a the young in his hands, Darius' only choice was to give the young to a family who could care for her without revealing her sympath side. He gave her to a female he knew who had lost her young upon birth and would love Hex. Before leaving, he named her Hexena. When the couple who raised her had a son of their own, Hex left, Sad to leave them behind, but was happy for them. Thereafter, Hex became involved with murder of the Brotherhood, but never told him of her heritage. Her sympath family came to claim her, and he soon followed to avenge what he thought was her death. Revenge negotiated for their freedom, but she'd already been sold to a human laboratory for experiments. Most of the doctors were nice enough but there was a saddest among the lot. Since she couldn't feed, she grew weaker and weaker over the course of a couple of months until one of them set her free. She returned to burn the place down while it was empty and kill the one who tortured her. Revenge took her under his wing and showed her what she really is, providing her with work and a life she could support herself with. The sympath princess blackmailed him for money and sex for twenty-five years to keep his and Hex's sympath heritage a secret, an agreement for which he was willing to die as long as it kept her safe and free from the colony. When the princess staged a failed coup and tried to install Rev as her consort, he was taken prisoner and the princess was given to Lash. During the rescue attempt, Hex was captured by Lash, who'd gone to the colony to take back the escaped princess. He kept her in an invisible prison of miss, at his home where he repeatedly brutalized her, but she met him fist for fist. After escaping Lash, John helped nurse her back to health and extract her revenge on Lash. Book Nine, Lover Unleashed Pain, twin sister of Vicious, is cut from the same dark warrior cloth as her brother. A fighter by nature and a maverick when it comes to the traditional role of chosen females, this is no place for her on the far side, and no role for her on the front lines of the war either. When she suffers a paralyzing injury, human surgeon Dr. Manuel Manello is called in to treat her as only he can and he soon gets sucked into her dangerous, secret world. Although he never before believed in things that go bump in the night, like vampires, he finds himself more than willing to be seduced by the powerful female, who marks both his body and soul. As the two find so much more than an erotic connection, the human and vampire worlds collide, just as a century old score catches up with pain and puts both her love and her life in deadly jeopardy. Vicious's younger twin sister, Payne, was raised on the other side. Since she inherited the warrior instinct of her father, she was unhappy living amongst the chosen because she was driven to fight and possessed none of the characteristics that were considered proper and appealing in a female. She watched those who came for audience with the Scribe Virgin and noted how she opened a portal for them to dematerialize through. When the opportunity presented itself, Payne went to the far side where she killed the bloodletter. From what he did to Vicious. Free for the first time, Payne wanted to explore the world but didn't realize her needing would come upon her almost immediately. Frantic that pain would be taken advantage of and hurt, the scribe virgin told her that she would help her, but only if she returned to the sanctuary. Unsure what to do and wanting to protect her daughter from the fighting to which she was drawn, the scribe virgin put pain into suspended animation for hundreds of years. When fury broke with tradition and set the Chosen free, the scribe virgin woke pain. Thinking that it was time. Upon waking, her only words to her mother were not ones you would say to someone you cared for. However, the scribe virgin wouldn't let her leave the other side, telling her that destiny demands it. Bored and lonely, Payne's only relief was when wrath came to spar with her. During one of their bouts, she unleashed her anger and frustration at the situation upon him. In her reckless rage, She slipped and broke her back on the edge of the courtyard's fountain, paralyzing her from the waist down. She denied her mother's attempt to heal her, blocking the Scribe Virgin's ability with her own. Realizing that pain would rather die than continue to be controlled by her mother, the Scribe Virgin helps her cross to the far side where Wrath could get her medical attention. At the mansion, she discovers that her twin, Vicious, had never died like her mother had told her. Her shock that he was alive matched his own in discovering he had a twin sister. Since the spinal surgery required to repair the break was beyond Doc Jane's expertise, Dr. Manello is brought in. During the course of her treatment, the two of them quickly fell in love together. However, the difference in species was a major stumbling block until they discovered that when Payne glowed, she rejuvenated his cells and reversed the aging process. Although Wrath had given his permission for them to be together, Payne chose to let Manny go because he was having difficulty with the major changes in his life. She took out her grief on some lessers, and was found by Excor, who took her to exact his revenge for killing the bloodletter, who he thought was his father. Vicious called Manny looking for her, and he discovered that she was missing. Realizing he allowed his fear to make his decision for him, Manny and Jane went searching for her in the daylight. Jane brought him back to the mansion when they came up empty-handed and waited until nightfall. After telling x of the bloodletters lie and earning his respect, he kept her safe until nightfall, when he let her go. She returned home when Manny was relieved and happy to have her back, as well as protected and possessive as a male vampire. He gave her his racehorse, Glory, whom she loved as a wedding gift. Manny's father was Robert Bluff, who allegedly died in a car accident in 1983, and his mom was a human ICU nurse at St. Francis Hospital. She worked hard to put him through school, but the more he became like his father, the more strained their relationship got. Mentored by Dr. Ken Falcheck at Columbia, Manny became the youngest chief of surgery in the history of St. Francis Hospital. He had no life outside of his work, which he loved, other than his racehorse, glory, glory, hallelujah. Jane, his old colleague, came to ask him to perform an emergency surgery that was beyond her skills. Since it's not in his nature to walk away from someone who's injured, And in need of his help. He agreed, even though he was angry that she'd lied to him because he assumed she'd faked her death. The patient was Jane's sister in law, Payne, and the two of them quickly fell in love together. However, the difference in species was a major stumbling block, as well as the fact that he didn't want to leave his human life behind. Shortly afterwards, he lost his position as chief of surgery due to chronic migraines. And lapses in memory caused by repeated memory wipes from the Brotherhood, and discovered that when pain glowed, she rejuvenated his cells and reversed the aging process. When she was kidnapped by the band of bastards in revenge for killing the bloodletter, his bonded male side, courtesy of his father, came out in full force. During the search for her, his relationship to Butch and thus wrath became apparent. Rath issued a special dispensation allowing Manny to maintain contact with his mother. Currently, Manny lives in the mansion with pain and serves as emergency doctor with the Black Dagger Brotherhood. Okay, so in the next episode, we're going to continue on with the Black Dagger Brotherhood. Thank you for spending time with me today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Feel free to leave a review and subscribe to my show. Thank you again, and remember, dream big and keep reading.